Welcome to Dell and Dad Talk Doctrine. I'm Dad. Thanks for starting it when I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm Dad. I'm Dad. Oh, I'm Dell. Ah. Uh. I'm really funny. Um, and I've been a Christian my whole life, never read the Bible, reading it for the first time, asking my dad questions. Who's a theologian? Okay. Amateur. So, um, Matthew chapter five, I just have one more question. Yeah. There's lots of questions that could be asked, but, um, okay. So he goes, he talks a lot about how we will not, we can't fulfill the law. We mentioned earlier, like committing adultery. If you lust, you're guilty and you deserve this harsh punishment. If someone, and then it goes into proactive things. If someone tries to take your coat, give your cloak to, mm -hmm. takes them out, go to with them. And then he ends with love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Um, perfect as your father, which is, yeah, in that's what I'm trying to get to be perfect as your heavenly father, as your heavenly father is perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to identify, like uh, we can't, we can obviously infer, I feel like it's a leading question, but we can infer that to be perfect means to love those who despise you. Mm -hmm. Like that's literally the definition of mm -hmm. perfection mm -hmm. and backwards are like examples of how mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. Um, and that would suggest actually to me a, a disposition that God has to those who hate him. Like, right. Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. If Jesus is teaching us to love those who persecute us and return good with evil. It's absolutely his uh, disposition. He sends, Jesus says, the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He blesses all. You know, we see the most wicked people on earth being blessed in many ways, health, family, money, fame, whatever. He blesses everybody. Mm. Uh, but it's the kingdom's destination of who are his by faith that he really will bless through them being his heirs. Mm -hmm. I see. By the way, just to let you know, that word perfect at the end be therefore perfect is used by people like the Mormons. Yeah. And so they go about trying to establish perfection in their lives. They want to look perfect, live perfect by their own strength. And uh, the word is teleotes in the Greek, and it means to be complete, hmm. to be complete, not to be perfect because no one's perfect. That whole teaching he gave was to show the Jews, you're going to fail. You're never right. going to get into heaven. Hmm. Yeah without me be complete yeah how would you how would you define complete then i would define it as you want to be complete in what god has made you to be that means you can't achieve that state without him in you you were made adam and eve were made three parts he they he formed clay body he breathed his breath into them they became or adam became a living soul that's three in one spirit soul body mm -hmm. to be complete you have to have him in you to be complete mm -hmm. and that comes by faith on his son hmm. and love like how does love play into that completeness love comes by when you become a complete person by faith when you return to the state that god made uh, human beings body soul spirit 
by faith, Christ moves into you. You are then empowered to love and do the things he describes there in Matthew 5. I just wouldn't, like, that's not how I would interpret it, though. How would you interpret it? Because he's saying, he's like giving this whole thing about how to love and then saying, be complete as your heavenly father is complete, which would imply to me that love is how you're complete. Yeah, I would. Okay, so uh, that's fine. But really, the whole point of that teaching is to get those Jews to say, we can't do it. Okay. Yeah, we can't do it. Okay. Because all those things that he says, no one can do that. Wait, but also really quick, you're describing complete for us as body, soul, spirit, having all of it. But as your heavenly father is complete. Yeah. Which he doesn't have body, soul, spirit, does he? Well, he ha- he's the father. He uh, <laughs> he speaks. He has a body in through his son mm-hmm. and he has a Holy Spirit. Okay. So you could, I'm not saying you should, but you could make that jump and it makes it make sense. But to get back to the real heart of your question, we aren't complete as our father in heaven is complete in our natural state. You have to come to Christ to get that completion set. Mm -hmm. And then you grow and mature to love as your father does. I think all of that is included in that, in that statement. Okay. Lot missing there. Hmm. Yeah. And a contextual understanding of the word helps you, which you're gaining right now, helps you to be able to decipher what he means in these very obtuse statements. Yeah. It's hard. It's like really hard to know, though, because I could see how context would help, but then I could also see how context would support Mormons being perfect. Sure. Like taking it a different way. So like I'm led to be like, okay, what does it say literally right there? Mm-hmm. And that's how I should take it and not how someone else describes perfect. And then I would read perfect here as that, you know. Okay. But I would say to you, well, then was that written to you? And I w- and you would have to say no, because we can't read the gospels and think it was to us. Mm-hmm. It's given those messages are given in the context of a people under the law. Okay, and so that's why the Mormons can't take it because Jesus was not speaking to Mormons. He was speaking to Jews and Jesus purpose in that message was to get them to stop relying on their own uh, perfection and to rely on the only way that they can become perfect, which is through him. That becomes understandable in the context of the whole scripture. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great thing that's happening right now because you kind of represent the Mormons who would read that passage and run off with it, not taking into context what Paul and Peter and James and John all say later to give these things context. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it's it's with the intention to actually take it contextually. Like it seems like it's like reading into something by like reading into this text what other people wrote yes you have to do that when you're reading the bible or else you will read a passage i mean if you just take a single passage and you rip out all the 
all the rest yeah. of the Bible. You will do things like kill people. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to take the, you'll, you'll get, take on. I am to some degree, but just in this. Just at this point, right. But you've got to get the, the whole of the word behind you in order to <laughs> under, and this is why I am often misunderstood because people think that I, I'm just taking something and they don't get it. But I've spent my life learning the whole context so that I could better interpret. Yeah. Are we out of time already? No, no, no. She um, has problems with timekeeping. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. But I'm, it's fine. I just okay. have fun picking <laughs> on people. Um, yeah, and I didn't realize a lot of this stuff I'll just mention that like I always thought were like cliches to describe God, but they're written here. Mm -hmm. Like, is it really love if you like have an affinity for that person? Yeah. What I forget how it's said, but, um, but the love is when you are persecuted. Yeah. Like that's when, if you love brother, not love you, is it really love? Yeah. What's the big deal? It's literally said yeah. like, Oh dang, that's pretty much. Yeah. We think we're so great because we get along with people. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of just something that we inferred from mm. the text, but it's, it's just right specifically there. said, which is... Yeah, and that's sobering, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because remember going back to the Beatitudes? Mm -hmm. We mourn, oh, and, and that can that mourning can come when you are a very mature, astute... Because mm -hmm. when you're confronted by someone who doesn't give you what you want, to love them is hard. Mm -hmm. And when you fail, you mourn again, and you're meek. and you, So it's a process of him doing with us and the the idea is submit yourself to his hands mm -hmm. his spirit and let him do it mm -hmm. and instead what we say is no i'm gonna do it my way right well great stuff there's more to I it love this stuff. it kind of leads us into chapter six which six. i just have a couple questions bigger questions like this okay um that are sort of in line um i have to bring up that he goes on a whole spiel about spiel. <laughs> the Jesus spiel. Uh, how basically how like authenticity is key. He like um, he notes how men have received the reward when they let attention of men be known mm -hmm. when they do something righteous. But, like that's your reward. Mm -hmm. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Mm -hmm. Showing prayer outwardly yeah. is hypocritical. <laughs> And then he says, steer clear of vain repetitions as Gentiles do, for they think that they should be heard for their for much, much speaking. speaking. Yeah. And then it says, <laughs> then do the Lord's Prayer. It yeah. says the Lord's Prayer, yeah. which is the most repeated prayer in history. Isn't that funny? I do not understand the justification for that. The justification is if taking everything in context. He's saying, don't let there be vain repetitions. Yeah. And then he says, if you're going to pray, pray like this. And that's an example on how to pray. It's not a prayer to be said. It make, Why do people say it? Because religion, I'm sorry, our Catholic, our Catholic friends came in and said, Jesus said, pray this way. So we will do that. Not looking at the context of 
look, I'm going to tell you, pray like this, meaning thank your father and and do this, right? And may, let it be his will uh, be done, not our own. But they take it literally. And so we have religion and we have thousands, billions of people who have recite that prayer. It's so insane. It's literally the sentence before it says, Don't that's context, sister. Great catch. Well, I do. You're a very, uh, I don't mean to use this time to compliment my daughter, but you are a uh, discerning reader, Mm. which is good. Everyone who pursues God diligently should be a very discerning reader. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Well, I mean, but really like Mormons do it. Mormons have a structure that sort of harkens back to what he says here but somehow like i don't see that as as bad for some reason it's not as bad uh joseph smith was like why are we, you know and so that's why you don't find the lord's prayer in mormonism yeah. but they do take the template so to speak and they borrow and so they teach they their people to thank him and yeah. ask him and do it in the name of jesus christ so yeah they take that a little bit better so okay um Another thing about this, kind of back to what we were talking about in chapter five, though, is that there's a lot. He talks a lot about like anxiety here. Don't be anxious for the things of this world. Yeah, which is so strange to me. Like, you, anxiety feels like a modern problem mm. to me. Mm. I don't know why. Um, I thought I and I always thought that like it's just another one of those things that's written that I did not know was written. I thought it was just like a placation mm. to Christians. Like, don't be anxious, trust God. But it's literally like yeah. a tactic to be more wise in this world mm-hmm. by like not having, like anxiety doesn't get you anywhere. No. And that's what he's saying. Like it's a, it's like a tool to live better or mm-hmm. something. But then I also wondered if you could just, like, I feel like that is, the consensus from non-believers too like a non-believer is definitely on board with that anxiety gets you nowhere and you know yeah it's good wisdom psychology sure yeah good wisdom yeah what would you i just wonder what you say to that my insight to that would be everything that is taught in there is pointing to believers to choose to trust god to supply their needs Mm -hmm. so it's really an appeal to faith Mm -hmm. you believe he will take care of you so don't be anxious for this problem or that in the world might be like i don't care i just won't pay my bills i'm not going to be anxious you know Mm -hmm. it's really hard to do that's why we smoke so much pot Mm -hmm. is you know or take drugs or everything because it's really hard to do right Mm -hmm. so he's saying look to god to take care of you he will supply Mm. that's how i would see it and you just think that someone saying that in the world now is just not doing it to the best that they can because God's not involved. Right. There's no God for them. So they're just like, you know, namaste, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And and they're saying, you know, peace out. It's OK. And I think that we have that capacity to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, but his point in teaching it is to say, especially to them in that age. Don't be anxious. God Mm -hmm. will supply your needs, Mm -hmm. you know, trust in him. And he does. I feel like something I've had a hard time with is that like looking at it empirically when you see like, okay, these people do this 
and it looks like this. These people do this and it looks like this. Before I know it in my heart, personally, it looks to me like a Christian saying, I'll give God my anxiety Mm -hmm. results in the same as someone who's not Christian saying, I'll give something else my anxiety, which means it doesn't always work because of our flesh. The answer for Christians is it's because of our flesh. We're not fully doing it Mm -hmm. to the best we can. But like the, the, outside appearance is that they both work sure as good as one another they, to to most people they do but the uh in my experience and i can only speak to that relative to this personal yeah. thing of the world versus believers is um I, f- I find it to be a mistake that when we find christians who just said just god will just handle it yeah. and not live up to the contextual examples of paul saying you know if you don't work you won't eat Mm. you know we have to we have to balance these things out Mm -hmm. and so when you find christians who just say i don't have a job but god will provide Mm -hmm. that's 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 ridiculous Mm -hmm. right so then we come to the world saying i'm not going to have anxiety about this and we have christians saying i'm not going to have anxiety about this the christians reason for not having anxiety is they trust god to help them in this Mm -hmm. life the person in the world who says I won't have anxiety is they're helping themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's self-will versus God's will. And that is like the demarcation line in everything with scripture. Whose will? And But I feel like that, it, I, what I may be trying to get at is that that's a really, 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 really personal thing. Yes. That like no one knows about. Like subjective? Including myself. Yeah. Oh. Like I don't even know if I'm giving it to God or myself sometimes. Oh no, it's brutal. Never know. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to get to that point where like... No one knows how to give it to God either. We wonder. I wonder myself this morning. I'm thinking about our our promote of what we're trying to do. And I I don't know. So we go to him and we ask him and and we trust that he will lead us. Mm -hmm. And when he doesn't, you wait patiently, you know, Mm -hmm. and if he does, you say, man, it was great. So it is a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is subjective. And I'm... I feel like I'm constantly working on the idea of if it can be systematized or not. And I just think like systems at large are antithetical. Yeah. Just li- like it cannot, it's literally person no, to person. It's person to person. And religions have all tried to systematize it. Yeah. yeah. And I get the inclination. Sure. I think like there is, there, there are like tendencies toward this material way or that material to be better we talk about that a lot but like then i go to systems fail completely and we should just be anarchistic and like right you know and in some ways i think you should i think jesus teaches that in other ways you you shouldn't and i mean the best way for me to kind of explain it which i'm going to refer to a secular reference here Mm. is uh herman hess wrote a book called the glass beads game and in that book, he describes this very strange game that sounds like it's chess and checkers and this and this. And it's on one level, this level, this level, this level. And there's all these pieces that can become alive and they integrate. And that's what we're trying to, to systematize. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. No. 
and you're an individual and God's going to work with you in the way he will work with you. You have a different mind than I have, even though we're related. And, and he's going to work differently with somebody from Mexico who has a different genetics and background and history. Mm -hmm. So we make the mistake of trying to systematize this mm -hmm. because it gives people comfort. Mm -hmm. Then they don't have to study it and think about it subjectively for themselves. But it also gives like supposedly positive things to the world absolutely sure like it's hard because they're it's not all bad no in fact but remember the fruit of knowledge is good and evil mm. in the garden it produces good things but mm. are those things the will of god mm. and 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 will those things bring you closer to god and will you enter his kingdom as a result of following the fruit of the tree of good and evil? And God said, you eat of that, you're going to die. Mm. You know, so there is his will or there's our will. And that's really what we're talking about. Mm. Are we done? For that chapter, All right. I have like, I have a lot of things that I just wrote down that I really liked about this chapter. Mm. Like favorite, favorite passages. Lay yeah. yourself. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth consume, yeah. where thieves do not break through nor steal. Like that, I'm realizing more that like he, Jesus really speaks to like very specific conditions of like civilization mm. to like appeal to us. Like Roth, yeah, <laughs> Roth, moth and rust, rust and thieves, thieves yeah. and stealing like these are things that plague my everyday yeah. still yeah. Yeah. not to apply it to myself but like well, you should and you know he is called the master teacher because he uses those analogies to get us to relate oh so i can lay up treasures here where they can be stolen mm -hmm. or i can lay them up in heaven mm -hmm. and then the question becomes well what treasures are in heaven and that opens up to us a whole new concept mm. or conversation. Well, we're over time. Mm. Chapter seven, up next. See you then.